Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer at the Action Network. This week, a little corona, just a little, little bit of corona. Mostly, what do professional gamblers do when there is nothing to bet on? How do they live? How do they make their living? Have they socked away money? Have they thought about what life would be like without sports? Plus, what are we thinking about for futures for the NFL? Will there be an NFL? All that and more with two of my favorite podcast guests of all time, Darren Ravel from the Action Network and professional better from New Jersey, Simon Hunter. Simon. Yeah, what's going on, brother? You've been traveling, so you're self-quarantining. Tell the world where you've been and what you've been doing. Usually the game plan every year is as soon as the Super Bowl ends, I like to just get away. I mean, just a break from – because I don't – I'm not following other sports. I'm mainly just following football during the season, and it's just a day in every day. You're prepping, you're getting ready for the weekend and all the games. So as soon as the season ends, I always take a trip. And this year I went to Maui, and I think – I realized this was more serious than we were, people were taking it because when I landed in LAX for my connect, every person there had a mask on. And when I'm going through uh, Philadelphia, no one had a mask on. So it was kind of funny just seeing how different we were handling this in early February than over there. Uh, so basically when I get back, it's usually for March Madness. Because like, just like everyone else, I'm a, I'm a degenerate gambler. I love, I, I love when football ends because I can just have fun betting other sports. Not really... I'm not putting that much stake into it. I'm just doing, just having fun like everyone else, like regular people. And when I got back, I think that was the next day. They shut it all down, all sports, um, which I think everyone, everyone's been shocked. I mean, it was necessary and it was probably well overdue. But I think that's when reality really set in with most, most people that, wow, this is, this is pretty serious now. Wait a second. And Darren, you should weigh in on this too. You were in Maui for six weeks? No, no. I, w- I wish I lived that good of a life. Uh, I came back and then I went down to uh, Boca Raton. All right. That makes so much more sense because if you went to Maui at the, right after the Super Bowl and didn't come back until when March Madness was supposed to be, then 
I would have thought, oh my God, this guy is even a bigger player than I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someday in, in the future, but not yet, my friend. Darren, how much did you miss Simon? I missed our energy. I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a real social person. I mean, I like relationships. I don't want to like virtual or Zoom relationships. So this is uh, in the scheme of first world problems. I'm fine. I'm healthy. So is my family. Not being in the office and not talking to people and not bothering people bothers me. I will tell you that the three things I have always feared most, and Simon, you, you might be able to relate to this a little bit as someone whose money is sort of always in play. Always throughout my life since I, had, since I got married and had kids were everyone being healthy or them being unhealthy and me being helpless to respond in any way. Something happening to my business in a catastrophic way, whatever business I was in, that would make it impossible for me to um, make a living. This is an irrational fear that I think parents have, which is my kids 529 cratering. When you have kids, you open a 529, you are thinking 18 years is forever, but college is expensive. And as it goes, sort of the years go on, if you are lucky enough to sort of have a job where you can put money away, or you get gifts from family that are towards the 529, like you see it grow and you get to a point in your life, like I am with a kid who's 16, where like you're feeling semi-comfortable enough that the 529 is in a place where you no longer have great fears about how much college is going to cost. Honestly, one of the reasons I left ESPN to take a job at Action is because I felt like the 529 was in really good shape and it wasn't going to matter like over the next couple of years, I was going to be able to pay for whatever college my kids wanted to go to. Uh, like in early March or the middle of this thing, Trump says, we're going to open at Easter. And that night was the worst night's sleep of my life because all of a sudden there was going to be people running around with no social distancing. So God forbid something happens to someone in my family and they need a hospital and can't go there because it's too crowded. We don't know like when sports is coming back, but social distancing could be, the lack of social distancing would make it worse. And so we don't know when action can sort of fully realize its full potential again. And the stock market is cratering and I'm watching my kids 529 get laid to waste. Again, some of these are high-class problems, champagne problems, but some of them are problems everyone has. So Darren, when you're talking about like not being able to communicate and connect, to me, that is on sort of the same plane as like these things where like that's what the distancing is doing. It kind of makes you a little bit crazy. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is that the most common question I've gotten on radio interviews is, you know, how bad is the sports industry? How is the sports industry going to recover? And I keep reminding people that the sports industry is just a very small part of everything that's going on. If we don't have games until December or something like that, I mean, that really means our economy for the most part is not working. So, yeah, people can work from home, but um, this is part of everything that's going on. And it, and it, it is just, uh, I've recently started to think about, well, how could we get back? How could we get back with crowds? How could we get back with, with uh, sports books? I just talked to Jay Cornegay for a story we'll have up uh, and, you know, at, at the Superbook. And he said they have started to build out. A, uh, a manual for coming back. And I said, what does that consist of? It consists of a new capacity for the casino. 
There can't be people standing back by the stools like they used to in, in Vegas's biggest uh, sports book. Uh, it, it includes taking out every other chair. It includes various things like they had the couches before and do they have to change the actual furniture construction? I mean, it, it, it is amazing to think, can we get back? But then the next step is, what are we back as? Right. I think, I think people, too, need to like come with terms that this isn't something that just because we've, we've spent a month or two here just hanging out at home, that this is just going to go away. Like, this is something we're going to have to get used to and live with, and things are just going to be different. But I do have faith that the NFL, they're by far the craziest league. And who knows if they care the least about their players, but they definitely, they definitely do shady things. And I think that of all the leagues, I have the biggest faith in the NFL. Not if they start on time, but even if they start in November, we're gonna be, they'll be playing football until March, April. They, they don't care, but these owners, they seem like they're, gonna, they're, they're set to get football in. It's so funny you say it, Simon. Uh, I said the same thing uh, to some folks at Action today. Like, we look, we all desperately need, as an industry, we desperately need football. As a betting industry, as a betting business, we desperately need football. That is sort of, I think, the North Star that we're all pointing to when we think about getting our businesses up and running again. Um, and the one thing I have faith in is that the NFL is the most mercenary of the leagues and the owners there have so much invested in their teams and billion dollar stadiums in ways that are different than anything else. And um, they will find a way if it takes buying a Caribbean Island that is uninhabited <laughs> and building a stadium right now and building a hotel right now that can house every single person it takes to pull off NFL games for 32 teams, they're going to figure that part out. That's, I have a hundred percent faith in that. When it happens, I don't know, but I have a hundred percent faith that, that the NFL will be played at some point this year. Me as well. I just think we're all hoping the best. Obviously we're all in this business. Like I have good friends, guys I work with who right now, obviously they didn't put all, like most of these guys are pros. They don't have all their eggs in the basket. They have literally, they, they're playing with a very small percentage of what they have to play with just because they're always long-term players. But, I mean, all these guys, I mean, they're just getting ready. Most of these guys, they're just building up all their data for their NBA season, for their hockey season, get ready for the playoffs, which is a big moneymaker in those two sports. And to see it all fall apart, these, these guys aren't, I wouldn't say, hurt financially yet. But I would say that a lot of them, a lot of these guys, the way they clean money is through stock. So a lot of them lost a ton of money in stock, where that's where I'm sure most Americans are hurt right now. Who are these guys, Marty Bird? <laughs> My man. what would it take for either of you to go to a stadium on september 1st you couldn't pay me to go i, I feel like it's too early because we don't know what this thing does to people and and all this other stuff but it just seems like we i think everyone's starting to realize that life it just isn't going to be the same it was what it was before until there's a vaccine and we know that you can't catch this thing twice or anything like that I just can't see them having fans this whole season. What do you think that does to betting? I watched the Raptors Sixers game six on YouTube from the playoffs last year. I watched it with my 13 year old and that was the one where Kawhi hit that jumper from the corner. And it looks like he's swallowed by the crowd. 
And the fourth quarter of that game is so emotional and it's in Philly and they're chanting defense, defense the whole time. And it feels like everybody is on top of the players, on top of the players Mm -hmm. in the game. And I was thinking about, I don't know that we'll ever see this again. And I wonder how much of an impact that has on betting. Like how much does the emotional element for you, Simon, as you think about this as a better, how much are you going to have to adjust for something like that? I mean, you can make adjustments, but the the funniest thing to me is going to be if football does come back. Like a lot of the guys I work with and talk to, they they do they use football like I do with off season. Like they might bet on it for fun or bet a little bit here and there on it. But football usually is their off season while they're getting ready for NBA or any of these other sports. And it's just funny that they were saying how when it comes if it comes back, I just think it'd be such a huge amount of money will be coming in on football that someone like me, a pro, it, it's the best. Because, like, as we've seen since it's become legalized, these numbers get sh- – these, these, these numbers just shoot up so high that it's, it's really funny because the public side, they just don't learn their lessons where – just like this past season where the Ravens, I think they were – they ended up being like a 10-point, 9.5-point favorite versus the Titans. And if it wasn't public betting, like if Vegas was hanging that line, they probably would have kept it at 7 or 6.5. But now with the amount of money that's coming in, it, it's just everything is really going to be juiced up. So I think that when when sports do come back, it's come back in a big way, especially with gambling. A lot of people are going to be betting. Well, look, Darren, you can you can speak to this. There is just massive pent up demand. Yeah, I listen. I I think uh, it'd be interesting to see in the meantime if uh, the sports books who you know not really doing much. You have the the DraftKings and the FanDuel's of the world going on the daily fantasy side to do, you know, $10,000 free to play uh, contests. I don't really think on the sports book side, uh, Belarusian uh, uh, soccer and uh, ping pong are doing anything. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see if, if states start to roll over uh, the Department of Gaming Enforcement start to say you can do political betting. I think that's a billion dollar plus market. Um, so that'd be interesting in the meantime, but as far as when we get back, I think we're going to get back. The only question is how much disposable income has been kind of let go from the market. And, you know, are people worried about how many people are worried about their rent and real essentials that gambling doesn't become part of it. I think as far as bouncing back, it's going to be one of those industries that's closest to bouncing back to before than than any other. Hey, Simon, I assume during your travels, you kept up with all the free agency news and the fact that Tom Brady has left the New England Patriots and signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You did. Yeah, he did. He did. Am I breaking that news (laughs) to you? Breaking news? In your estimation, who was more valuable to the Patriots against the point spread? I don't want to be the guy that that beats down Brady because he, he like I'd always joke with you guys about how my system I always do follow but there are times especially in the playoffs where I don't just like in the Super Bowl where my system likes San Fran but it just doesn't understand that Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks we're going to see and this is just his coming out party so that's why I love the Chiefs where the same thing is Brady over his whole career I think he had a couple seasons like the one season he threw for 50 the MVP obviously my system loved him but most years, Brady's not really considered that great of a like of a QB. Like it's more of those things where they they took advantage of his skill set, where he was quick getting the ball out, did shifty receivers, quick running backs, where 
I think it's going to be funny to see how people, people do this because people kind of do doubt Bill Belichick for some reason. When he had those backups, those four games, um, when Brady was out for Deflategate, he went 3-1 and one, uh, straight up, and I think he was 4-0 against the spread where like, he, he's just kind of guy that he, he, he makes everyone on his team a chameleon. They, they just turn and do whatever the style he needs just for that exact game and game plan. So when a lot of people are doing these season total wins, like the, the number is at nine, nine and a half for the Patriots. It's one of those where you shouldn't really care about the quarterback. You should just take it on the consistency of what Bill Belichick has done in his career. Convince Darren why he should take the Patriots over nine and a half wins this year. I just think if he would just look at the numbers of what Brady did last season, I mean, people can go back to that. He didn't have the weapons, which you cannot argue with. They lost the hall of fame tight end and they stuck in a 34 year old tight end and thought maybe that'd make a difference. It just, they definitely let down Brady with not getting him weapons. And that's probably one of the, one of the many reasons he left them. But I just think with a quarterback, if they can put in Hoyer or this kid, I think his name's Stenham, this, this kid that was a backup last year, it's, if he can just not lose them the game, just like Brady was early in his career, I, I really think you're going to see this is going to be like the early 2000 Patriots team where it's a really great defense with good leaders like they had with Teddy Bruschi back then. And it's a little going to be a little different than they used to be. Like that playoff game, they were only losing whatever it was. I think it was like 14-13 or something like that. And it's like I, I think they felt let down by Brady that he could only put up 13 points at home. And that might have gone into why they let him go. So that's why that, that low number of nine and a half, he just has to get to 10. It doesn't feel like that's that many wins in that division. Yeah, I, re- I remember Jared Stidham because he's the guy who threw the interception that cost me a lot of money, relative a lot of money. <laughs> I don't have faith in Jared Stidham. Brian Hoyer, maybe a little bit more. All right, well, then, Simon, what about some of the other moves? Like when you, you're starting to think about this, obviously there's an advantage to betting some of these things early if you feel like, you're uh, ahead of the curve. So looking at the free agency moves, have there been totals? Have there been futures odds that you're like, yeah, I am totally jumping on this? Um, I mean, I can go into detail. One of my favorite things that my mentor taught me really early on, which is really interesting about football and not enough people take advantage of, is that the Patriots, you got to throw them out. Everything they do, they, they break all the rules. They're not good thing to base your your system on or things you rely on. But the thing to look at for futures is that the NFL set up that these rookie contracts is what make and break teams. It's a smart front office. They get a good rookie on a good deal and they can fill in their defense and offense with that extra money. So if you just go through the last couple of years, um, I mean, the second third year QB method, you can find like good, it's, it's mainly finding quarterbacks in the second, third year in an offensive system. So if we go last year, Second, third year was San Fran. I think they were 50-1 to one at this time to win the Super Bowl. So that's crazy good value. The year before were the Rams, which they weren't great value. That's, again, that's a second, third-year quarterback in golf on a rookie contract. So they had the kind of value where I bet on them. Just I think they might have been 20-1 to one or 15-1. Uh, to one. And then the year before that were the Eagles, where it was Carson Wentz's second year, I think. So he's on a low, cheap deal. They can spread that money out. And they might have been 30-1 to one to get to the Super Bowl. So it's, it's one of those that you, you look at the numbers and you, you always have to look for value on quarterbacks or on rookie contracts and where is that value at. So this year, I, I, it's not great because a lot of these guys don't look like they have this kind of upside that these other quarterbacks have had. 
But some offshore books have the Denver Broncos up plus 5,500. That's not a terrible value. I know that they're in the Chiefs division, and that's a big fear with this. But the way the NFL is setting up now is that the, it's all about the one seed. So it's kind of like every team's not going to have great value if you're betting like the Chiefs. Like you might get them plus 600. Sure, that's good value if it works out. But you want these really long shots that you can just hedge out later on. You're not looking for so – you can get the Chiefs later on in the season for a good number. There's no point in tying your money up if it's not a long shot right now. So I do like the Broncos at that big number. And I also like just, just throwing it out there as the Cardinals at plus 5,000. Dude, I was going to ask you about them. That, they fit that pattern of what you're talking about perfectly. Right. And, like, these are the kind of things you're looking for. It's like, okay, we got a quarterback here that has a ton of upside. He's learning an offense. This will be his second year in the offense. And the team is obviously supporting him by bringing in a different running back last year that finished the year really strong for them, and then bringing in Nuke Hopkins, which is still arguably a lot of people say the best receiver in the game. So it's just one of the things where it's a nice little setup for Arizona. I know people are worried about that division because it is by far the best division in football. But I think they really showed they're, they're pretty good. They, they won five games last year in that division. So they, they showed up for his rookie year. Uh, I have two other teams I want to ask you about because I think they fit into this. But one is a little bit unorthodox and the other fits in perfectly. <clears throat> the first one, which fits in perfectly, are the Buffalo Bills who are everything you just described to a T with Josh Allen. So if you're saying no, it's because you don't believe in Josh Allen. 100%. And it's, it's a funny thing where a lot of people are going to be on the Bills. and I, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid again. I'm going to like the Jets this year. I just, I just like the direction the Jets are going. I know this, this might be a year early because Sam Darnold has just dealt with a lot of stuff last year, and they have not had an offseason this year. But from what I've seen from Josh Allen, I mean, he is a great quarterback when he runs in. He can chuck it deep. But it's how reliable is that style to get, get you on a good run. It's not as if you know he's really one of those guys where it's like he, he could be good value on this kind of bet, but they just make me nervous with that division because I, I still can't see them beating out the Patriots to win it. I have one more team I want to ask you about, but Darren, I don't want to hog it if you have a question you want to throw in there right now. No, I, uh, I'll let you go. So the other team is, uh, by the way, Matt Mitchell, our producer, who is a massive, massive uh, Bills fan, just slacked me and said, fucking imagine choosing Adam Gase over Buffalo. Matt Mitchell is coming <laughs> after you, Simon. I actually love their head coach. I, I get what he's saying. He's a, he used to be on the Eagles. He's a good dude, but. I, I just uh, – there's something about uh, Josh Allen that it just – I don't know. I'm just not there yet, Arnold. All right, let me throw a wild card at you, Ben, because this guy is not a traditional second, third-year quarterback, but he is still relatively early in his playing career. Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. It's, it's going to be hard to say because that, that offense is going to be stacked with weapons. They have a ton of really speedy receivers, and they have maybe the best running back in football. And I think I said a couple, couple times last year on the podcast, Teddy Bridgewater against the spread is one of the greatest gifts we've ever gotten from the gambling gods. I don't know if it's 70% that he covers, but it's, it's something pretty insane like that, that Teddy just always covers. But in that division with the Saints and the Bucks and Atlanta, 
it's it's really hard just that unless unless you want to just do it throw a penny on it because i know some books had them at crazy good odds like plus ten thousand to win the super bowl um why not but it's just the way that division's lined up it, it would take them a couple of miracles to get get that top seed all right uh let's do uh the guys that everyone had faith in last year they were horrendously under they were uh, who they are, who they we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember us laughing and joking about it uh, early in the season last year. I, I told you guys just for years, I, I know plenty of guys that always say that they go, this is going to be the year of the Browns. You'll get good value on them all year just because people are going to be get, betting against them. And it flipped last year where people – People started backing the Browns early in the year, and I, I laughed at you guys. You're going to get so much value on Ben against these Browns because I just didn't see it last year. And going into this year, they're 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 trying to upgrade, which is their big mistake last year. Was they got rid of some of their best offensive linemen because they thought, hey, we got Odell, we got Landry. All you have to do is just get the ball in their hands. Everything's going to be fine. But Baker, he he regressed terribly last year, and especially when you look at the numbers. His numbers of him in the pocket were terrible, even when he had protection. So it's one of those things, yeah, if you're a fan of the Browns, sure, throw a penny on them, but don't waste your money ever betting on Browns' futures. They have no future. Oh, Simon. That is – that is not – that's like a nail in the coffin kind of line there. That doesn't give any of the Browns fans listening to this much hope. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to give – let me tell, let me tell you – the scenario. Let me set the scene for you. I'm in my spacious office in my mansion in Connecticut, uh, defending myself against the coronavirus. And my 13-year-old son is in my office hanging out with me when we get the news that the Bears have traded for Nick Foles. And I immediately say to him, do you think Nick Foles is going to be the starting quarterback? And he says to me, what about Trubisky? And my response was, oh my God, I forgot about Mitch Trubisky. That's how, little, <laughs> that's how little I think of Mitch Trubisky. Does Nick Foles, as a potential starter, give you more confidence in the Bears as a Super Bowl value pick for futures? My, my only worry about the Bears is they – I mean, everyone knew they were going to regress last year. That's just how football is. It's, it's just so hard year in and year out to just keep repeating over 10 win seasons. And that's why, like, guys like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, they've been in this league forever because they're just guys who just keep doing it every year. When we were talking about Mitch last year, it kind of looked like the book was out on him. The, he, he couldn't keep getting away with his first reads, and then he would scramble for a bunch of yards. So I think it is kind of one of those spots where they're bringing in Nick Foles either to push him or if Nick outperforms him, they'll gladly let Nick become the starter. They don't have money tied up to Trubisky that – He's not – he's expendable. So it, it is interesting what they're going to do with that. Is it Nick coming in and take his job, or is he just there to support him? Here's my last question for you, Simon. If there is no football in the fall, how much will that impact you? Do you start planning for that now? As a professional gambler, how do you start thinking about, I might not have an income? I think – I mean, I'd be all right. Like, I always joke, like, uh, with the guys that I work with, like, the goal is always to set yourself up that you can have five losing seasons in a row and you're still, you still, you're still all right. So it's one of those when you're a long-term better and you're building a bankroll, you're, you, that's all you're doing is you're, you're picking spots where 
I'm either going huge on this game, and then I have another couple of games where I'm just putting a dime on them. But as someone that built a bankroll, the biggest worry is just, just like everyone else, time is always the most dangerous thing with everyone. It's just if you just have too much time in your hands, I think everyone can go a little crazy. So that's my only worry. Go, what, what do I do when football comes around? Because right now I'm able to distract myself, prepare for the season, running numbers on these players coming to the draft, and it is funny where that that is a big worry because I'm preparing my mind that, yeah, there could not be a season, but I'm also just thinking to myself, I might as well use this time to get ready for the season instead of, you know, just waiting until the word comes out that there won't be a season. But I think that the the biggest thing, especially the guys I work with and talk to is that they're just, they're just worried that sports might come back and they'll be able to get back to making a living. But they're just worried that people aren't going to have, not that they're going to have money to be gambling, but that it's going to be a lot different than it was right before where a lot of us were getting all of our sports. We're getting really great value just because the public was so flush with money and just was really, really betting big in the past season. Like I think New Jersey's out, out earned Vegas a couple of times these last couple of months. And it's really become like a Mecca for gambling. Five of 12 months. That, yeah, that's incredible. And it's just because New York just hasn't legalized it. So it just, it's just them coming down in New Jersey and making these bets. And it's just really – it's really helped people like me where last season was one of my better seasons I've ever had with betting underdogs. I mean, I couldn't get over how big some of these lines got. And it made me laugh because I think the season before it was uh, the Buffalo Bills were playing the Vikings or something like that. And I loved – like last year and the year before, I loved the Bills' defense. And the Bills were 17-point underdogs, and they, they killed Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. And it's just one of those where I laugh. I mean, you can't imagine you getting whatever it was, plus 1000 or plus 800 or anything on the dog. And it's just like, I can't believe money lines are getting this big just because the public's betting these numbers up so big. You know, today is actually the day that the New York State budget comes into a picture. And, you know, just in February, we were arguing, you know, the true doomsday would be if Andrew Cuomo didn't start doing mobile sports betting. And here we are on April 1st, and it's like not even a topic. So it looks like sports betting is out, but of course it's a moot point. But I do also wonder, in this scenario, it's very possible that a lot of state rules are amended to account for the emergent situation that we're all in. And in two months, when New York is hopefully on the other side of the peak, they're evaluating the budget and being, oh my God, we're, we have so many revenue shortfalls. Let's figure out this sports betting thing right away because there is so much money coming in on Jersey. Cuomo can't be as picky as he once was. And if it is, and we didn't know this, if it is a vice kind of thing, well, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a completely different conversation in May than it was in January. There are people that are looking for action. Of course, you can do the draft and you can do all these futures, everything like that, where, um, yeah, it, it's, good, it's good to do futures right now, especially if you're just hanging out. It's fun to have something to look forward to. But it's, it's definitely one of those times where you just have to make sure if you're, if you're betting, bet on legal books. Try not to do offshore because you don't know what's going to happen with all those offshore books. See, Simon is advocating for legal books, which is what the Action Network does, and he didn't even know he had to do that, which we really appreciate. But Darren, I want you to have the last word because Simon brought up something really interesting. Hold on, go back on mute for a second until I'm done. It was really interesting. He talked about New Jersey 
outpacing Nevada, which you mentioned they've done five of the last 12 months, which is amazing. And the second thing is how big does betting come back? Simon worries that there won't be enough liquidity in the market, whereas I think you and I would probably have a different take. It's the cost to value ratio. And so I would say that the dollar costs more to people now because they have less of it. But the value might be greater because they missed it so much. I mean, that's really the equation that you have to consider, right? So, so how stir-crazy have people gotten and how much more do they value the fun of gambling than before where they took it for granted? But I think gambling is going to be majorly up relative to other businesses. At least say that. Might not be gangbusters, but it will be up. Yeah, I don't disagree. I do think football, if that's the first board back, I think it'll be huge because I think people are going to be itching and that'll be big. I just think across the board, other sports, like all the other guys I talk to and work with, they've, they've just been talking about how much better the lines have been for value. I think it's really going to hurt other sports, not football, because football is going to be the first one out of the gate. People, people will have money most likely to burn, especially people that have just not been spending money on other stupid things like they usually would, like going on vacation and buying nice things. Like they might have money they're, they're willing to use on football, but I just think other sports are definitely going to take a dip. Simon Hunter, professional better. Darren Ravel, you're a professional something in my heart, buddy. It was good to have you both back on the podcast. I felt like I needed to connect with you. This was nice and comforting for me. This has been The Favorites from the Action Network. Download it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, love you.